shine for you dwells between the cherubim shine for you dwells between the cherubim Bible series teaching. Thank you, Father, for that which you wrought amongst us, both in your word and in spirit. Thank you, Father, for the giving of breath to us again to rewrite our heart and to reconfigure and refocus our soul and spirit and body towards your true intention for man, towards the reason why you came towards the sole purpose of giving your life. Father, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, Father, for making us understand much more the importance of the breath of your life. Thank you, Father, for all that you have done to make us see, to make it clear, for all that you have done, Father, to also impart in us. For we know that you've imparted us with your life, we know. But I will pray, Lord, that grace to, to just fetch out of it, you will release unto us in the name of Amen. Jesus. That as we continue to just follow and just build upon that which you've done, that you'll give us grace and mercy to find the, your will, uh, even in your word, to connect, to align, to be set straight concerning your things, concerning Amen. your life, concerning what you really want. From each and every one of us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. But I pray this morning that you Amen. would help me, that you would help Amen. me and make my tongue the tongue of a ready writer. Uh, Father, I know I, I, I can't speak of myself. My own words are dead. My own words are they are they are they are stinking in thy sight. I pray, Lord, that you would bless me again this morning to be able to wear your voice to to wear the garment of your name, to speak as your oracle even this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayer. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I just want to welcome us this morning. I want to thank God for his mercy. I want to thank God for his kindness. I want to thank God for what the Lord did. Uh, in this past week, uh, we had an awesome time in the presence of God. There was so much wave of of power. There was so much, so much blessing. There was so much release of God's grace for each and every one of us to be able to find help in His life. In, and uh, we were directed no more concerning God's life, and it's just been awesome. Just uh, fetching from there and uh, you know the, the thought that led even into that, that area as we begin to dig into it is just you know, that sense of what, it, what the life of God truly means amen uh, because um, because of the wisdom of Satan how Satan has uh, moved the thought of men uh, up to today, you'll be so surprised and so shocked that the way every man thinks today is almost inspired by Satan in the sense that um, 
Satan, Satan has taught us how to think, to think about what certain things mean. Even to, I mean, you'll be so surprised what Satan has taught when you are thinking about mercy. Yeah. The definition of mercy to a soul can be defined by what Satan has decided for men. Yo, you men, I want you to start thinking this is what mercy means. Men, no, I want to start thinking that this is what grace means. When you now begin to look at, into that wisdom, you now realize that the way Satan has taught men to think has affected the way we also read scripture, the way we study Bible, um, and it takes a different kind of sense to be able to actually fetch true meaning of what God in, God's intent is when it comes to the scripture and the word which he has given for life, right? Um, one thing we've learned, you know, thank God for our parents and the Lord, is that Satan does not like anybody, he doesn't like us, and that it gave us a sense to think what God has given for life wrongly. So the definition of things, even in scripture, when we're reading it, there's a veil upon our mind, upon our heart. Just like, you know, they were talking concerning the people of Israel uh, in, the, in the book of Second Corinthians chapter 3, when Paul began to say that when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Now it means that each time they are reading, uh, there's a veil, they can't see truth, they can't see past, uh, you know, what is actually written. So when Moses is read, the veil is upon them, meaning they can't really see past Moses. In short, because what God wants to give is more than the law of Moses. It's actually the righteousness of God that God was trying to, to carve out, right? And begin to give to people so that people can actually start following after his life. They can start following after the true intent. Why he called them out of uh, Egypt. Amen. So the people of Israel, they, they have a veil. And that veil would continually stop them from seeing the New Testament, right? Because they kept seeing the Old Testament. But you'd be so shocked that the, the, the New Testament, uh, the New Testament was the intent of God for Israel in the beginning, right? So what we call the New Testament, which is what God has established for us now, uh, which is in the blood of Jesus, right? There's, a, there's something in there called the New Testament. So this is the New Testament in my blood. So what you call the New Testament is not just you know, reading from Matthew, Mark, Luke, John up to the book of Revelation. The New Testament is, is actually a... The New Testament is actually a word given. is the new covenant of life. Let me put it that way. So the New Testament, so this is the New Testament in my blood, right? Given right for you shed for you so the new testament is actually uh something that has to do with god's life amen, amen. the new testament is not uh things concerning uh you know just like i said matthew mark luke it's not things concerning those things it's not the new testament is not just talking about oh we are in the era of grace not in the era of uh, you know sin now of course the new testament understanding brought forth some things like the new creation reality that the new birth experience the new creation realities all these things are things that god uh you know that came out of the initial work of salvation or why when i put the work the the trigger of salvation when god began to trigger salvation in the soul 
there are things that uh, there are things that the soul ought to come into, that the soul ought to know, right? Which is concerning uh, God's life. So part of it is for is to for God to re- for God to reconfigure our mind, to reconfigure uh, certain things because Satan has taught us so many lies, right? Whereby we didn't we don't know what our true life is. We don't even know what the life of, we have no clue what, uh, how things from God flow, right? But God needed to establish a means. God needed to establish a way to bring his life, to bring it and you know, begin to, to show men. So, and that is the wisdom in God where God now began to show, uh, you know, what we should know. Like, you know, giving of the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Spirit, begin to do all that uh, in our spirit, bringing the knowledge from our spirit into our soul. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then they begin to teach you know, about the new creation that you are recreated in your spirit. Uh, before you were dead. But now that you, be, you believed, you are recreated in your spirit. right? And after you are recreated, then there are truths you should know. Then you should learn, okay, learn faith. Learn how to be patient. Learn uh, know how to believe God. Faith towards God. All those things that they uh, spoke to us in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. When he began to talk about the elementary principles of the doctrine of Christ, right? So let us not lay again the elementary principles. You know, he began to talk about, uh, let me quickly read it. I hope I don't forget my thoughts. Uh, I know I'm talking about you know, the definition of things. Uh, but let me quickly read Hebrews chapter. Amen. I'm just following God. And, 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 and in my heart, I'm just hoping to just give a. A little bit of a recap uh, by the wisdom of God, maybe not a full, a full, but a full recap, but just some measure concerning the teachings this past weekend. And just, I'm hoping that God will open doors for us so that we can just ride from there to see what God has for us in the Spirit, Amen. And in this season, and I believe this is a new season for us. It's almost like a a, a trigger, a retrigger for us. And I, and I love uh, the direction that the Lord is taking us into and what the Lord is doing concerning us in this season. Amen. So Hebrews, uh, Hebrews, Hebrews, where are you, Hebrew? All right. Hebrews 6. Let me read from verse 1. It says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, so, and, I, and it says the principles, meaning that when we get born again, what we begin to learn really is what we call principles, right? Now, when you, when you, when you, uh, when you talk about baptism, it's a principle. Amen. Yeah. Baptism is a principle. That it's a principle, or let me say, it's, it's, what, it's what we call the introductory. Or introduction, right? Uh, because they were clear here. It said, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Because Christ, when they say the doctrine of Christ, means the doctrine means teaching. So the doctrine of Christ means the teachings of Christ. So which means that the teachings of Christ has principles, and they begin to outline those principles. Amen. Now the teaching of Christ. I mean, I don't want to go too far. Into that because I know I mean I don't want to you know start you know, talking particularly about that right now. 
I believe God will give us grace to begin to, to talk particularly about it later. But he says the principles of the doctrine of Christ, right? Which means the doctrine of Christ or the teaching of Christ has principles. And these principles is what they now begin to talk about. It says, let us go on, on to perfection. Say, not laying again. Now, not laying again. Now, the, these things that they're about to say are the things they call principles. So, not laying again. Why? Because it has been laid. So, not laying again. The foundation of repentance from dead works. So, when we get born again, those are the things that they will begin to teach a foundation of what? Repentance from dead works. Meaning, uh, there are things you shouldn't do, don't sin, don't uh, lie. They will teach, uh, no, they can teach us about sanctification. They can teach us about holiness. They can teach us about uh, purity, all those things, right? Uh, and that says, uh, and of faith towards God. So, there's, there's also something called faith towards God, and it's a principle uh, of a doctrine called the doctrine of Christ. It's a principle. It's a principle. And it's good to understand that certain things are principles. Amen. Because if we don't understand that, we won't really know. That there is something more than the principle. It's like when our focus is just on studying primary. So primary is even too high. When we when in nursery. Now, when you talk about nursery one, nursery two, it's all it's, it's area of principles. Nursery one, nursery two. You know, it's still principles they are teaching there. Primary one, primary two. It's still principle of a secondary school. Amen. But of course... In a primary school, the nursery is a principle for the primary. Does that make sense, right? So, in the nursery school, we have a principle for the primary. Uh, and then in primary, uh, you have primary 1, primary 2, primary 3, primary 4, until primary 5, and then primary 6, right? I think, I think for us that are, you know, coming from Nigeria, but here they have grades. It's grade, they use grade 1, grade 2, or they'll say pre, there's preschool. There's preschool. Right, yeah. there's preschool, there's preschool, there is a uh, nursery school, there is a uh, pri- uh, there is grade. And I'm talking about grade, grade one, grade two, grade three. Now, they, and I like, I, I think the, the word here, grade, now gives us a sense that there's a different kind of grade, right? There's different levels, there's grade one, there's grade two. This has a different grade, you have moved into a different grade, so that just tells us that there are different grades so when it comes to the doctrines of christ it has its principle amen so the principle of that uh doctrine is what they now begin to refer to of no repentance from dead works of faith towards god and of the doctrine of baptism and of laying on of hands so no, doctrine of baptism, you say being baptized, no, let us baptize, no, when we get born again, some of us get baptized, right? Uh, by immersion, no, some of us by sprinkling. Uh, I don't know if they still do that anymore these days, but, you know, uh, if, if we really want to be baptized, let's do it as Jesus did it. Amen. So, if we are sprinkled, I think it's also good to be immersed. Amen. Because that's the you know, the example. When John was going to baptize Jesus, he just he didn't just carry water. He said, Jesus, come here, let's fill right. I just carry water. I just I just sprinkle it upon Jesus' face. Squack. 
Jesus, you are baptized. He said, let us fulfill all righteousness. And he was immersed. Christ was immersed. So if we want to you know, do baptism, let's do it as it is patterned, as it is designed. Amen. Not the sprinkling of you know, water upon our face. Amen. So let me just continue here. And he says, of resurrection, of, sorry, of the laying on of hands. Uh, so we also have the doctrine of laying on of hands, meaning when we get born again, you know, you, you know, we, we, we had teachings about you know, the laying on of hands for, to pray. And of course, you know, maybe when somebody is sick, they can lay hands and pray. Uh, also, when it comes to you know, baptizing people, right, in the Holy Ghost, you can lay hands on people to baptize them. Uh, God said that in the church, in the body. And it is accurate, right? But all these things is actually a principle or a preparation. Or a preparation for what God is doing. Amen. So, let me go uh, move further a bit. And it says, uh, and, of, uh, and of resurrection of the dead. Right and of eternal judgment, talking about you know the, the teachings about the end time, you know, all those all those things about repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, right? And then you no, know, there's no, for some of us that are quite aware of many teachings, right? Especially back from Nigeria where we came from, you know, on the street to be hearing messages that will tell you repent now or perish, repent now or burn, amen. But uh, all those things, right? They call it. A foundational teaching, or they call it principles. Amen. Principles. So these things are principles. And in verse 3, it says, And this we will do if God permits. So this we will do if God permits. Uh, meaning that uh, as, as, as time comes and as wisdom comes, right, God can allow us to teach these things. But there's an intent, right, which is to move on to perfection, which is what uh, they talked about in verse 1. It said, uh, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of God, let us go on to perfection. And I was saying earlier that if we don't, if we don't have an idea that some things we are learning is a principle, right, it may be difficult to know that there's actually something much more ahead, right? Or vice versa, if we don't know that there's something ahead, or there's not awareness of something ahead in our heart, we may not know that what we're actually learning is still a principle. Amen. But principle is good, right? Because without it, you won't be able to move on to perfection. Principle is good. God has set principles. He has set it in the body. In short, when God, you know, uh, set up the church, set up the body, He started the body with principles. That's what we learn. If you go into the book of Acts, you see principles there. You know, laying on of hands, lay, you know, healing the sick, raising the dead, you know, praying for the sick, uh, you know, people praying together, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, also get people getting baptized, people calling upon the name of the Lord. I know people are also having faith. You see examples of faith. You know, part of the healing right, of the sick is actually an example of faith towards God. Amen. So all these things are principles. So it's good to have an idea that some things that we are learning are actually principles. So, when we get born again, what God moves us into is the season of principles. It's the season where we learn all the things we've just read in the book of uh, Hebrews 
chapter 6. Amen. I'm sure I'm a little bit fast, but um, maybe I'll come down and slow down a bit, but hopefully. Amen. Uh, so what God is teaching us is principles. But the thing about principle is that it is for preparation. Amen. So it's good for, us, for God to prepare us when we get born again for what he really wants to give. Amen. Amen. For what we really what he really wants to give. Um I'm saying this because uh, when we get born uh, when we get born again it's easy to assume a whole lot of things especially when our foundation is not set properly. Now it's possible now maybe some of the lack we might have uh, as we begin to grow even in, when I talk about this doctrine of Christ some of the shortcomings we might have to have mm. is when we don't have proper foundation. foundation. Now the mm. God being God did not design it such that when you get born again, you go and mm. figure out things yourself. Yeah. That is why he said the body, he said the church. Right? Now, if you have to start figuring things out, I can tell you may have gaps in your understanding. Mm. And gaps in your understanding can will result into gaps in growth. Mm. Which means that it may be difficult to really take flight in the spirit. Mm. Which is why it is important that our foundation be laid mm. properly. Okay. Amen. Amen. Our foundation be laid properly. And, and I, I believe God is, you know, is helping us in this season mm. for foundations to be laid. Uh, I know sometimes back we started looking a little bit, just, mm. just a little bit more about foundational things mm. uh, concerning the things of God. Especially when we, call, when we talk about the milk of the world. Mm. So the milk of the world is a place where uh, you know, we come into and we get born again. Mm. It's, a, it's an allocation of the world. Uh, let me put it this way. The, the, where, where God has set things, mm. uh, where God has moved, where God set growth in, this, in the church, there's an allocation of a word for it. So when we get born again, the word we're moving to is actually the milk of the word, which speaks a lot about mm. the word of faith right mm. the word of faith uh and most and sometimes when we hear it as word of faith movement uh you know when we hear that we'll not be able to link the two but the word of faith movement is a movement that god had to establish to give emphasis to the church to know that see this milk aspect there is what there's an allocation of word for it right and the allocation of the word for this space mm. is called the word of faith, right? Mm. So there's an allocation of word for that. And there's another allocation of word, which is the next phase, which the, the scripture calls the, the word of righteousness, which in Hebrews chapter 5, just, just before that chapter 6, where Paul began to explain, said that those, said his strong means belong to them who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. Mm. So it is possible that you know we may be growing the spirit growing well, well, there's a way we can call growth right everybody who can mm. align that but it's very very important to have an understanding of the allocation of the word or the the movement of god's wisdom in his word mm. to grow believers amen it is good for the understanding to be established amen, amen. so i'm saying all this earlier like i said just to to bring us yeah, I, I, I know I said I would give us a, a recap, but you know, I, I'm talking a little bit. But uh, I believe it's still you know, God moving us this way. Just to talk a little bit about this, uh, this aspect. 
And the reason why I'm saying all this, the essence in what I'm saying is that there is more mm. to God than just milk. Mm. There is more to God than just getting born again. There is more to God than just getting born again mm. and just uh, having you know, maybe baptism of the Holy Spirit, working with God, you know, and, and, or, and, and, and keeping the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Mm. It's a principle. But I will also emphasize, like I've been saying, that it is important and it's very key to make sure that we learn principles. Mm. Now, now talking about principles, the sad thing about it is such that we've left principles mm. and moved into the world. Mm. And that's, that's, that's a major thing with when you see the, the state of the church. Now, I'm not, I'm not blaming uh, the church. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just talking about the state. When I say church, I'm not talking about one particular one. I'm talking about when you look at the body entirely, just having a sense of where we are at when it comes to the allocation of the word of God. You now realize that even the, ori- the, 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 the allocation of word for the principle, mm. we've even missed it. Mm. And because we've missed it, we've moved more into the world. Into the world, so rather, let me repronounce that. Into the world, we saw in such that when you look at an unbeliever and you look at a believer, they are the same. Mm. Why? What the believer is going after is what the unbeliever is going after. When when they check everything, there's nothing different. Uh, there's nothing. Um, there's nothing separate, right? They might go to church. Maybe unbeliever don't even go to church. Right, but the unbeliever is looking at the believer that is going to church every day and is coming back. But when they look at him, nothing different. It's the same thing that they are pursuing that that person is pursuing. They be wondering. So what is all? What is all about your Christian life? Mm. What is it? And the reason why, and again, I don't blame them. Me too. I don't blame them at all. Why would they think that? Is because they are not seeing the true life. Amen. Mm. Why? Because the when you talk about Christianity. It is not about the going of the church alone. Mm. Of course, go to church because that's where you learn principles, right? You can't just figure things out by yourself. If you try that, you would end up with evil spirit teaching you many things. And if God protects you, that evil spirit, but I mean, that's the word of evil spirit, that evil spirit did not teach you. And when I say evil spirit teach you, I'm not saying that evil spirit will possess you. Is that there will be, there will be, there will be knowledge, mis- misunderstanding or misconceptions. Mm. You can start taking things wrongly. Mm. You read scripture today. Ah, this is what it means. You go and practice it yourself. Mm. No. God didn't design it that way. You realize that the way God designed uh, the body is such a way that there must be submission upon submission. Sure. How? A new believer gets born again, can go and submit themselves to the church. Sure. Why? The church will not have the responsibility mm. to begin to raise the soul. How? By beginning to teach the, the soul the elementary principles mm. of the doctrine of Christ. Because mm. that is what it is needed. Yeah. Just like a newborn baby needs milk, that is what a newborn baby should be drinking. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing about the, the principle is that the principle itself has not exposed us as believers into the life of God. Mm. And I think that's the main that's the main angle I'm trying yeah. to come from. What I'm really, really trying to say today, you know, I've, I've gone to a different direction. What I'm really, really trying to say 
is that there is a need to understand what the life of God really means. I know we've, you know, throughout this last week, you know, we've, ah, they, the first day give us an example, and even though we couldn't record it, I'm still hoping that by one way or the other, maybe we can find a transcript, but you know, I don't know how that can come about. I'm still praying and trusting God that we'll be able to we get something together. I'm already you know, looking into a few things concerning that, but God will help us. But uh, on Friday, they, you know, a lot was said concerning the life. And I'm, I'm trying to give us a sense here that the true meaning of life is not known because we because the way Satan has constructed mm-hmm. our mind to think concerning the things of God. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. I'm not I'm not just talking about yeah. uh, somebody that is possessed or anything. Now I'm talking about just being human a human being a person. We are not th- we don't think straight. Now, now realize that when you get born again and begin to read scripture, now realize that it actually takes a different kind of sense, sense to begin to read scripture. Mm. Then, then I begin to realize, you know, when Holy Spirit begins to come and begin to help us in understanding scripture, yeah. right? When we have to understand scripture, we need help in understanding it. You now realize that, oh, wait, it is not your own natural sense you use to actually read scripture. You need breath of the Spirit. Yeah. You need breath of God. To begin to move, and you know, breath of God, I've learned also, breath means life. life. So, you need mm. God to breathe upon the world so that life can begin to come out of the world, amen. Mm-hmm. And begin to teach and begin to raise souls and begin to expose us to a different kind of sense, amen. So, part of it is why we get born again and begin, and God gives us the grace to speak in tongues or give us the gift mm. to speak in tongues. Mm. Why? Because when that is at work, it is removing our natural sense mm-hmm. and giving us a spiritual sense, a different kind of sense mm-hmm. that you use for logic. Mm-hmm. Or let me put it this way. It is moving us into God's logic mm-hmm. in this world. God has his own logic. Logic is not something new. In short, men think they have logic. They don't know what logic... Mm-hmm. Who, the person that invented logic is God. Yes. Right, we may we just think that oh, mm. you know how things align logically. We think logically, no, there's nothing mm. like this. The, he who invented logic is God. It means if we have our own logic, there's a problem. Mm. Wow. You can't trust men's logic compared to God's logic. You can't, because if you use that sense to read scripture, mm. you're sure. Don't worry, evil spirits will just align mm. around. Or maybe we think evil spirit don't read Bible. No, maybe we think if I read Bible, no evil spirit. Oh, they're around it. Yeah. Because what they want to make take men yeah. astray from yes. the word. What the word is intended for, they will, they will give you a different meaning. Amen. Amen. They will give us what? A different, a different meaning, a different sense concerning the word. Mm. Now, you now look at that, now you realize that there's a whole lot of operation when it comes to. The, the the sense of you know, reading scripture and understanding things. Amen. Amen. The background I'm giving here earlier, like I'm saying earlier, is, is that there is the, the actual way, the true way of thinking is lost. It's lost. It's lost. And mo- most of us may not know that because you know, we all think we are perfect, right? Especially maybe when we are smart and we can just design, design things, set things, you know, put things together, 
put one or two things together and arrange things that make sense, we may think that we actually have an understanding, amen, of what the, of what the, the right way of thinking is, mm. that way, amen. Yeah. But the right way of thinking has actually been lost, amen. And that also affects us when we begin to look at life, we begin to look, mm. at, look at things. So now imagine us that Satan has now bastardized by making us seek after things. And those things we attach them as life. So, for example, a man can begin to think that having a, a good life, a life, good life, is having a big house, mansion, and all those things. But the problem is that an unbeliever can have that too. You may be wondering, what did Jesus really die for? And that, and that is the main question. You know, if you, if you look at believers, it's like it's like that question usually evade our mind and evade us that we don't we don't think too much about that. That what did Jesus die for? Right? Maybe when we get when we are preaching to unbelievers to get them born again, you know, we can have a sense this is what Jesus died for to save us. <laughs> to save us for what? Okay. I'm born again. Now what? Now Jesus did not come to to raise the dead. Right? Jesus did not come to heal the sick. Jesus did not come to make miracles. Even though he did all that, but that's not what he came for. Right? What Jesus came for is explained to us in the book of John chapter 10. And I'm going to read it. Amen. Amen. As I as I try my best to bring this to a, a close. But we'll see how far. Just I know for some of us when I'll be thinking I'm just getting started. But I've not even started teaching preaching, but amen. Amen. So I'm going to read the book of and John chapter 10, and I'm just hoping that God will help me this morning to be Amen. to be open. Uh, I'll read from chapter 10, verse verse 10. It says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. Say, I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Amen. You now realize that this is the main reason why Jesus came. I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Amen. So the sole purpose of Jesus coming is for the purpose of giving life to men. You now realize that before Jesus came, men have all kinds of life. You know, sure, before Jesus came, men were rich. Before Jesus came, men had riches. You know, sure, they have doctors. Maybe they can't heal all sickness. But they have doctors to heal some kind of sickness. They have medicine. They have herbs. Amen. That they use. Before Jesus came, there's, there is... Uh, what else? Before Jesus came, dead have been raised. Right? Like Elijah. Elisha. Who's born as... As uh, decomposed. All, all, all they have is just bone. And... Maybe they were, and, and some people they are trying to carry somebody, and maybe they didn't even know that this bone was there. Just ah, so something's going to just throw the body away, trying to go, and just the residual power of the Holy Ghost in the bone just pick the body 
and put it back to life. Mm. And that is before Jesus came. Mm. So if so that what that tells me is that Jesus didn't need to come to do all that on the earth. Jesus yeah. didn't need to come to do any of those things. If he wants to do it, he doesn't just have to yeah. give somebody an anointing and then get it done. If it is for money, in short, unbelievers are rich, right? Okay, let's say believers, you want to be rich. No, wahala. God can give anointing, you have to be rich. Finish. Now you are rich. Now what? Right? God can make people rich. Jesus didn't need to come for that. Right? It, so, and all these things I'm saying is sometimes what we associate with the giving of life. When, when you say, because when you talk about life, say, I am come, that I may have life. So, the, the, these things we have attached to the reason why Jesus came. But that's not why he came. The reason why Jesus came was for the purpose of giving life. For the purpose of releasing life in men. Which means that if we are going to get what Jesus brought, there must be a way to receive it. Say, so, I am come that day have life. So Jesus came, lived amongst us, died, ascended up for the purpose of giving life to men. So we need to know what that life means. So that which we call life, we need to know what it truly means. So if we've defined life, that life is not uh, all these things, about you know having money, right? And the display of all those things is what we call life. Like we say, I'm enjoying my life. Mm. And when we say I'm enjoying my life, what is that? It means that maybe you can eat whatever you want at any time. Mm. Maybe you can travel to wherever you want to go. Maybe you can go to Cancun and all those things. And as you are, as as you are in Cancun, you just take a picture and say, I'm chilling at the beach. I don't even know if there's beach there. There must be beach in Cancun. No? <laughs> so we say we say chilling at the beach. And then you put uh, uh, YOLO. YOLO. Living, 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 living my best life. If Or maybe you just travel to Spain. You know, Spain has all kinds of things. Yeah. Oh, if you've never been to Spain, you've never been to anywhere. You know, you can take a picture. Or I'm in Milan, and then you go to the store. I know most of those places, they have their thing, the thing they have yeah. for. So you go to Milan, or you go to Spain, and then you open shop. You say, this is, this is, these are the Italian stuffs that, you know, you can't see anywhere. Mm. And then you buy it, you, you post picture. I don't know, I know, I don't know if Gucci is from other places, yeah. but this is what that is coming to my head. But if you know anything that comes from maybe Spain mm. or Ita- Italy and all those things, just think about it. So when I say Gucci, think about all those things. So you can just say, this is my Gucci from Spain, you know, just to take a picture, and then you feel you're living a good life. I mean, yeah. but if they take that kind of soul, and they take that soul and put it in the spirit, when you find that kind of soul is in hell, right, it's hell. And hell does not necessarily mean damnation. L is damnation, but it doesn't. L doesn't mean perdition. Mm. Meaning that you can still a soul that is in hell, you can still raise it up. But you can never, never raise a soul that is in the lake. Where Jesus went to is hell, and he was raised back up. It's to tell you that when you say hell, you go, no, I'm not in hell. There's something called hell. Is a kind of life that takes people there. 
And that life is the life that Satan has installed in men. Satan has his own life. God has his own life. And that's really the battle. Right? That's really the battle. To discerning what life is. We don't know. So, we have all kinds of definition of life. Fountaining. In such a way that we've been so used to certain life that the life of God is now a, a phantom or a fantasy. The life of God is something strange. When I say define what God's life is, now realize that most so can't define it. What is the life of God? Well, the life of God is, um, you know, maybe praying and then you are, you are having some sense of life. When I read my Bible, I, have, I feel life. Those things are just signs of the real life. Right? There is what we call the life of God. And it is something that is tangible. It is something that is real. It is, it is, it is what the life of God is what is, what is what ought to be the operating system of the soul. Let me put it that way. Or the way the soul should operate, it should be based on the life of God. The life of God is the breath of God. Instead of breath are things. Amen. Instead of better things, let me put that or, or let, let me rephrase, because we le- we've learned that it is through the breath that God actually puts in life. <laughs> but uh, here's the word: the life of God is actually a law in a soul, and that's how it will define. So when I think about it, the life of God, it is a law. So the life of God is not living and in a place of abundance. The life of God is not just getting born again. Right? In short, when we get born again, we will actually not receive life in our soul. However, we receive life in our spirit. That's the disparity. Because when I get born again, ah, what do you mean I don't have life? You have life. But that life was a deposit in your spirit, not a deposit in the soul. That is where the problem is. Amen. So, the life is a is is the life of God is the law of God is a law. So if you want to ask me, what did God give Israel or what did God give to Israel in the desert? Is life, and those life is what they wrote upon tablets of stones. It's not the true life. Is a kind of life. Is a is a shadow of his life. If that makes sense. Right, the life, the, the, the tablet, what God gave to Israel in the wilderness is a shadow of his life. It's not the true life, it's a shadow. But that shadow is better than what most men have today. When you look, when you look for the law of that shadow, you won't find it in the souls of many. Because that shadow is, is a shadow in the souls of many. The shadow of God's life is not a shadow. It ought to be the real life, but it's now a shadow. It means it can't even be reached. But because Israel couldn't take what God brought, God gave them a shadow mm-hmm. of his life. He now wrote it upon tablet. Those things that he was writing there, those, those things he wrote, those commandments, is actually what you call life. So, and what a law is, is, is how something should operate. The reason for the is it, the reason for for setting a law is for defining how something should operate. Now, when you are thinking about the life of God, it means how men should live. Wow. So, but 
But that how men should live is different. Mm-hmm. Or let me say it's different. How men should live is tied to how God lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it is God, God's law is his life. He will now give it to men. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you now realize that what they are saying in Romans chapter 8 is for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So now have two laws. There's the law of the spirit of life. There's the law of sin and death. Now see that when you now begin to look at the issue of sin, the issue of life, the true definition of life, now realize that you don't find it in the, in the natural man. In the natural, you don't find it there. You need to go beyond what you see. You need to be, yes. now begin to look inward into what makes things happen. So life is, is the instruction of living. So life is an instruction. Because when you have law, because a law is an instruction, or you can count law as an instruction, Right? Uh, as we, as they use uh, uh, programming to explain to us eh, that the the instru- when you look at a, a software, you see it behave somehow. But when you now look into the the lower lower layer of things in what is making it behave, you now realize that it's actually just a set of instructions. Those set of instructions is can be later compiled to ones and zeros. But that ones and zeros is actually a set of instruction too. Now you realize that even when you think about God's life, there are layers to it. You can have clear instructions. You can have hidden instruction, right? You can have the you can have the word of God in the levels of ones and zeros. That is really far from the understanding of men. To make it clear a little bit, they need to upgrade it from ones and zero to set of instructions. If you see this, do this. If you see this, do this. When this is happen. Do this when you see this, say error. Mm. That is how we should be operating with, with things, elements in life. But Satan has installed a different kind of life or a different set of instructions, which there's a way it behaves. Part of how it behaves is love money, mm. love things, love things that are in the world, focus on them, chase after them. Yeah. When you see pride, go after it, prestige, class. Go after those things. Those are a set of instructions. Not the one. Why can't I set? I don't want to be proud. Oh, I don't want to chase after this. Why is it? Why is it difficult to not love these things? You know, I like that. The reason is because there is there is not an answer to the law yeah. written. Why? Because there are two laws. If you want to erase the law, you need to bring in another. In short, if you have a program that. You write an instruction, you want to remove it mm. without writing another. Yeah. You will realize that that software will start behaving erroneously. It means mm. that men can Cash. go mad yeah. without laws. Yeah. Or in short, what you see is actually mad men. Yeah. But, uh, but Satan is, mm. is actually driving man to that end. Yeah. When, when you look at the instructions of men, you, mm. want, you see a difference between that and nothing. Why? Because anything outside God's laws is really nothing. But Satan has programmed a law inside men or has put in a life. And that life is an enmity against the life of God. 
because what God designed to fit into the soup mm. is his own life. So, when I want to talk about the definition of the life of God, what you need to begin to look yeah. into is what it actually means. Yes. Life is not something evasive, not something that you can't grasp. Mm. Life is just means laws. Yes. The life of God is not. So, Jesus mm. said, I am come mm. that you mm. might have laws. And have laws oh, more abundantly. Yeah. It means you can have yeah. the level of life in it. So, mm. can be little, can be more. Mm. But there's a way those mm. life can come to us. Mm. And part of what we learned, you know, we'll see uh, maybe next mm. next time. Uh, uh, I'm trusting God that perhaps maybe uh, next time we'll, meet, we'll begin to look into to this for that because I'll say we're seeing it a little bit in a recap mode. Amen. Amen. So now realize that if you really want God's life, because yeah. first of all, there's there's ought to be a desire for yes. God's life. But they prepare you and me for that yeah. life. How? Through principles, principles. Elementary principles of the doctrine. Because where Life really come is when it, see, Jesus said, I am come that they might have life. Meaning, life is tied to Him. Mm. And you see Him in John 14 mm. saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. life. Meaning that you can never find life mm. outside Him. But that life needed to be taught to men. But that's why they put it as a doctrine. Mm. And that's why you see Paul use the word, the elementary principles of the doctrine. It means that when we get born again, we may not have life. Yeah. Or we can have it very little. Because the truth of the matter is that when we get born again, the life, when you look at our spirit, is life. Yeah. But that life is not a reality in the soul. Why? Because of the nature of the soul. So they need to now bring that life that is in the spirit and begin to install it in the soul. So when we get born again, you have a tiny amount of life. Tiny! Little! Inside the soul. And that's what most men are using. And thinking they have huge anointing. Mm. Now, you might have a man, a man with heavy anointing, mm. but little life. Mm. And he knows that God is God that gives the anointing. Yes, so the anointing is not even their own. What should be our own is life. Mm. So what life is should be mm. clear to men. Life should be discerned by men. Men should no longer go after what is not life. Yes, Amen. Amen. So it is Satan that taught, it's like I was saying earlier, I was giving the background, that Satan has taught us to understand things wrongly. Mm. Imagine that we don't understand that life actually means laws. Mm. Now realize that the way men chase after what life is is, 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 is weird. If one will get born again, you will not be seeing all kinds of void. Yeah. Ah, what's that mean? I need life, I need life, I need life. <laughs> maybe you do something, maybe you pray. And then there's maybe a meeting, and then there's so much anointing and blessing, and everything come down. And you're like, ah, it's almost as if I feel a measure of life. Just wait about two, three, four, five days. Something will begin to happen. Yeah. That, that so called life that you think you yeah. have can begin to fade. It's because, it's because what you are feeling is not yet installed as life in the soul. So there's still a gap between what is in the soul and what you are perceiving. So that time we are feeling, we have, like, we have not actually come into the life. It is after, amen, it is after 
we have actually come to learn laws of mm. all heaven begins to give us laws mm. i begin to understand that we've learned life then but if you now look further i begin to look more into how you now get life now begin to see what we're taught that the life has to be revealed amen, amen. life has to be revealed yeah. because we don't know it. Yeah. We don't know what it is. It has to be revealed. Yeah. It's all. It's now what we call the revealed yeah. righteousness. Yes. The life of God comes yeah. first as righteousness to a soul. Yeah. It must be revealed. Yeah. And how is it revealed? It is by the Spirit. Mm. It has to be by without the Spirit, you can't mm. give life. So how life how life is given is by the Spirit. Amen. So, for the letter kill it, but the spirit giveth life. How life is given is by the spirit. Now, the manner in which the spirit now gives it is mm. by moving men into the ministry of revelation. Amen. So, when he now moves men into the ministry of revelation, he can now begin to activate the unction, which is which which its work is to begin to teach and begin to teach teach about a life, teach about a person. Teach about Christ, who is God. Amen. And I believe that God will help us to begin to come into the learning of the doctrine of Christ. To begin to come into the learning of life as we ought. See, there's so many things to be to be learned. There's so many things to be to be received of the life of God. There is so so much blessing in this life. Things that we, we might not have thought of. Amen. And I believe that God will continue to help us and strengthen us. To go after his life, to hunger after his life, to give ourselves for his life, to know the true meaning, to go after the true life, the true light which has come, to know to know the grace of God which bringeth salvation, which has appeared unto all men. Amen. I believe God is going to continue to help us, and uh, I think I'll stop here today. And uh, just, I just felt I should just do a, a quick recap today and then Amen. on Tuesday I uh, will continue. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us begin to thank God for today. Thank Father, we you thank you for your mercy yes, and your kindness. Yes, thank you for how you've helped us today. Amen. We thank you for uh, for grace to just look upon your word again. See if it exalted Amen. in the name of Jesus. Father, thank yes. you. We give you all the praise. We exalt your name. We thank you, Father. We bless your name. We worship you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your life. We thank you. For in Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. Between the cherubim